Hello, and welcome to Value Driven Life. I'm your host, Coach Chris McMahon, and today I have a repeat guest, someone who is very popular, very fun, and full of all the curse words, and I absolutely love it, and I'm here for it. Beth Farako. Thank you so much for coming back again, Beth. Thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so in case folks are sleeping under a rock, they don't know who you are, they aren't just I don't know, maybe you don't pop up on their feed for whatever silly reason. Would you mind giving a little intro of who you are and what you do? Sure. My name is Beth Farocco. Um, I own a online coaching business called Beth Farocco Fitness. Um, we help women in their 30s, 40s, and 50s lose fat, heal their relationship with food, um, become strong, become their best selves. You know, it's not all about fat loss. So we do a lot of mindset work as well because it really comes down to what's going on up in that big old brain of ours yeah because most of us know what to do right like really but it's it's our mind that kind of stops us a lot mm. of the times mm. i agree with you 100 percent on that for you beth like in coaching now probably hundreds and hundreds of people at this point what do you think is the number one thing that that's jumps out as like the biggest like hurdle or mindset block for someone who's trying to get started in all of this or even has been doing it for a while, but's mm-hmm. been yo-yoing around. Um, I think that is the thing you had a keyword right there, yo-yoing around, right? So I think a lot of people, they've been doing that for so long that they, they don't believe that they can actually achieve results. And, and that is one hurdle. Actually, that's hard to get over, right? You have to create some form of wins right away. So, you know, you can start to believe, okay, I can actually do this. Um, so believing in yourself, self-efficacy is really huge. That's a big one. A lot of people, they are like top notch in their game at work, but when it comes down to taking care of themselves, they're, the, they're their own worst enemy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's so interesting that you say that because Self-efficacy is such a big portion of being able to like maintain these things. Mm-hmm. And the other side of it that I see for a lot of folks is it like, it's like they get like almost like a level of like imposter syndrome when it's like they they have made tons of results, but because, or tons of progress, but because of maybe their past history, the automatic thought is like, well, this is a fluke. It's not going to stay. Mm-hmm. Or, it's, or it's more along the lines of, if we even go back to it, like, hmm, like I, I might not deserve this. Like mm. I'm, I'm not like, I'm not worthy of this. Like yeah. there's this level, especially when I, when I work with uh, a lot of moms, there's this, this level of, I'm not worthy of this. Like I'm being kind of selfish. I'm not really, and that completely outshines like all the progress they are making. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever noticed that with oh, your yeah. too. Yeah. And I think that stems from like someone made them believe that that you know that (laughs) yeah Um, yeah. at some point in their lives they were made to feel unworthy and so they kind of carry that on yeah yeah and it's this interesting thing too because you know when you say it like that like someone made them feel that way it's then like when they have this level of of almost like self-sabotage or self-doubt i talk a lot about like the inner critic it's like we have some sort of feeling that pops up and then that feeling is completely fine. It's normal. It's a feeling. It's an emotion. But then we have the other side of ourself that judges us for having any sort of feeling that yeah. that I'll say like a younger version of yourself or whoever made that claim, you're suddenly like, yeah, that's you're being ridiculous for feeling this way. Like you're right. Why? What's wrong with you? So there's so much to unpack there with that. I but know. I just think it's I, I always find it so interesting how 
how that comes up for folks. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It, it's very common. It's very common. I mean, I, even myself, I, I mean, in the height of, cause I am a recovering alcoholic in the height of my alcoholism. A lot of it was, I drank a lot because I didn't ask for help. I try to be, you know, the best mom, mom like me doesn't need help. I'm strong. <laughs> no, we, we need help. And I think a lot of mothers want to take everything on their, uh, on their own and maybe they don't have help either. And, you know, that's a lot to take on. Yeah, it is. Like, I'm not a mom, I'm a dad, but, uh, in being sober as well, it's like this level of like, well, no one can know there's a flaw. <laughs> right. Like no one can know that I'm human. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to let everyone else down. And then it's like, all right, I guess I'll revert inward toward myself. Right. Which is not, and you're usually not the best person to keep company with. If you, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what it ends up being, you know, going yeah. through recovery and everything. It's like, oh, yeah, that, no, I wouldn't want to be with me either right now. Right. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but, Beth, you brought up something really fascinating, too, uh, on social media lately. Um, uh, particularly, a lot of the, the women I work with who happen to be moms, they're, they're either perimetopausal or menopausal. And when that happens, the body wonderfully goes through so many changes. Wow. And I think it only further leans into that mindset of like, well, I'm going to yo-yo. This is impossible. Like you hear a lot of people say, well, your metabolism slows down when you do that, which yes, yes and no. And also it's just like, well, that's, that's what happened to my mom. She couldn't lose weight when she hit menopause. Like she was skinny her whole life. She hit menopause. Mm -hmm. She couldn't lose weight. And then she got osteoporosis and then her arms fell off. It's like, it's right. just usually we, we go along that, that route of like, well, if this is going to happen, then I'm going to have it. Then there's no point. So for you in yeah. your own journey with this, like, what are the biggest things you've noticed and what, what have you been able to figure out about yourself going through this too? Mm -hmm. Such a good question. Should I talk about when I I started perimenopause? Kind of like sure. my journey and, and yeah, and, go ahead. And first, I want to uh, like you know let women know that it's so important to be proactive rather than reactive, right? I think women should be starting to think about menopause in their late thirties, maybe even earlier. Uh, you know, they should be thinking about perimenopause, menopause as soon as they start their period. To be honest, like parents, I know my mother, she still hasn't even talked to me about menopause, right? I think it starts with the parents talking to you about different stages of our life, but being proactive and mastering the boring basic shit all the time. So that when we get into this, you know, 40s, 50s, when shit starts getting really weird, we are more apt to be better prepared for it. Um, I could say that, um, if I wasn't as prepared as I am now, I would be a fucking mess. So I can understand like a lot of women being where they are right now and just, you know, um, how they feel. So I, I, it started in my forties and that's kind of one of the reasons I quit drinking because drinking alcohol wasn't really, uh, my body was not taking it. Right. Um, things were just weird. I was getting, um, like tachycardia, like heart flutters and weird stuff started happening. Like, this is not good. Um, so I'm like, let's get rid of the alcohol. Um, you know, more anxiety. Um, that's one big thing. So I got my, you know, hormones tested really. And I was, you know, low in progesterone, kind of like the normal things that happen, like low in progesterone, low in estrogen, like things were kind of a little bit off. So I got on some topicals, um, some topical progesterone and estrogen cream that started working for a while. And then, um, my, uh, doctor put me on an antidepressant for the anxiety, which also helped with hot flashes because I was getting some of those, like they started in my forties. Um, but then the, uh, anxiety meds and the topicals worked until they didn't. 
<laughs> so that uh, was recently in February when I went to Florida on vacation, I started getting really horrific. Like we're talking hot flashes during the day and then um, night sweats mm. um, consistently. It's like they suddenly just came on like out of nowhere. Um, and it's like intense, you know, like it, it feels like a, a furnace burning like in your chest and it goes up to your face and you're, you just start sweating. Like you just ran a marathon. It's just insane. And then waking up um, like every hour soaked, like having to change my clothes. So it started affecting my sleep. Um, and you know what happens like when you start lacking sleep, I started craving more sugar. So I started kind of like eating like more like gummy bears and things that I just don't normally gravitate towards. Um, I've never, I have not gained any weight because when I was in Florida, I was actually really active. I was walking 15,000 steps a day and, you know, I always keep my, um, what do you want to call it? My diet, my nutrition is always really in check. Um, even if I do like eat sugar and stuff, cause that's, we all know there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But I was just doing more of that than I was used to for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, so that went on until just recently when I went to my doctor because I got home and I was like, this is continuing. And it was really starting to affect my mental health uh, and my relationship with my husband. Um, it was like I my son's in the puberty and here his mom is like going through menopause. So we have a prepubescent child in the house and a raging menopausal mother. <laughs> Good combo, my poor husband, right? Uh, um, so I went to my doctor and I'm like, I, I, we need to do something. This other stuff is not working anymore. So she decided to put me on for uh, birth control to start and it's actually worked. So for the past like a few weeks now, I have had no night sweats and no hot flashes. My energy is back. I'm sleeping through the night. So that has worked, right? So I think what uh, women have to also understand is that things are going to always change. Like what you're using right now may not work next month. Um, so it's so important to advocate for yourself, to go to a doctor that's going to listen um, and choose an option that's going to work best for you. I think that's another thing people need to understand is that what works for you is not going to work for somebody else. Like, you know, I have people like, you should do this, you should do that. That's Don't tell me all these things that I should be doing that's just confusing me. I have a protocol with my, my doctor. This is what's working right now. And then if this stops working, we already have a plan for when this stops working because it's going to happen. So advocate for yourself. There is help out there. Yeah. I really, the thing that stands out to me most, Beth, again, is this idea of, well, there's two layers. This. The first layer is kind of the last thing you said, this idea of like, well, you can take other people's advice if you want but at the end of the day if they're not a medical professional you're kind of you're kind of just pissing into the wind for lack of a better word mm -hmm. like it's not it's not going to work in your favor but the other thing that really stands out for yourself is this level of like advocating for yourself yeah. i think i think for far too long women at least witnessing this with my own mom witnessing it with my wife witnessing it with like my mother-in-law it's like this this level of well, if I speak up and say something that I need or want, I'm going to come off in this way that I'm needy or pushy. And it's like, no, you're not. It's it's so interesting to me because my wife and I, we went out for coffee like last weekend and I ordered her coffee that she wanted. She told me and the order came and it was incorrect. They had put like 
lavender in it instead of just honey in it. And my wife's like, this tastes like a bush. I don't want it. Um, and I was like, all right, so let me tell them. They'll make a new one. She's like, no, 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 no. I was like, what do you mean? We we paid for it. And she was like, yeah. no, 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 you, you can't. Like, I don't want to be a problem. I'm like, you're not being a problem. And I went up there and I told them. They were like, sure. They made a new one. Someone else on the staff drank the coffee and I brought it back. I was like, what was that? She's like, I don't know, years of micro trauma. <laughs> That's what she said. Um, and I was like, you're you're right, probably. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, how do you how do you notice that? Or how do you start to help some of the women you work with combat some of that for their own wellness, their own health. Yeah, that is a, that's a tough one. Right. And I, I, something I, that's kind of similar is, um, you know, women that, you know, they want to lose weight. They want they're trying to change their diet and they're like, well, well, what is, do I eat the same thing as my husband and my son, my family? Um, what are they going to do? It's like, well, let's focus on you and they're going to eat whatever the fuck they want. And you're going to eat whatever the fuck you want because you have your own mind. You have a goal. Right. Um, and I feel like, you know, it, it's like, stop worrying about everybody else. This is, this is about you. They're going to be okay. You know, if my husband ever was like, um, I'm not eating what you're eating. It's like, well then don't go have some cereal. But I think a lot of women do not stand up for themselves. Um, and they are always trying to do what their husband says or, which I'm not trying to down anybody for their relationship, but I think a lot of women need to take a fucking stand and need to stick up for themselves and need to be their own independent person because that's what you are. You are a independent person, but you know, um, you're not going to get anywhere if you keep worrying about every fucking buddy else, but yourself, you have to be selfish. You have to, because if you are in a great place, then everybody else is as well. Like happy, uh, my husband says, happy wife, happy life. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's you very know? true. It, it, I, I feel on a certain level and I will never, you know, I'll never truly understand this. I was, I was born a male. I identify as male. I, you know, there's just nothing, nothing in my life has been that way for me. I won't say mm -hmm. I've always had an upper hand, but very different experiences. I will never know what it's like. My wife is like five foot and like this, this big powerhouse, but keeps it inside sometimes. I'll just, I don't know what that, mm -hmm. what that will ever feel like. And it's just, I don't know. I find it so interesting within relationships because, because we can talk about anything really within a relationship when a partner doesn't want to see the other person mm -hmm. thrive. Yeah. Right. If my, if my partner came to me and said she wanted to do something, I would be like 100%. If yeah. you need my help, 100%. If you want me to try something different, I'll try it different with you. You know, yeah. it's it's there's no pressure from me to need to do those different things. But if you want to do something, I'm behind you. I, I, I yeah, it's just like, yeah. I, I, I feel I, like that should be the norm, but it's it's not. It, and also, I think it's a generational thing as well. Mm. So I grew up in the 70s and 80s. And I think a lot of times then, you know, there was the housewife, right? She took care of the family. She cooked. She cleaned. She, liter she did literally fucking everything. That was my mom, right? Um, always worrying about everyone else, cooking the dinner for everyone else. But then she was the last. And I think, you know, because I'm working with a lot of women that are 40s, 50s, and 60s, um, they grew up in that era where the, the mom, the wife took care of everybody. And so they're kind of like taking that on. You know, mm -hmm. and then they, you know, they're marrying into that, like the same, like their, their husband probably saw their mother take care of the whole entire family. So they think that they need to be fucking taken care of, that they should have their dinner cooked for them. Um, no, this is not 19 fucking 72 anymore. Okay. Y'all males need to fucking become more independent and learn how to cook. Okay. Or, you know, 
don't eat. Don't eat. (laughs) You know, it's it's so interesting. I don't know if this is because my mom raised me. That Uh was what I grew up with. She's the one who actually taught me how to cook when I was really young. Mm -hmm. She would leave the house at like 6 a.m. She'd get home at 6 p.m. And she was like, I I fucking need some help in the kitchen. I can't do this. And I was was like seven or eight. And she's like, here's how you you always make... uh, chicken cutlets. Here's how you bread the chicken cutlets here, how you do X or Y don't use the stove yet because I don't want you to burn the house down. But if you have that ready, then I can do it. And then from there, it kind of grew into, I'll just cook dinner. You know, it's, and that's the role now. I, I, you know, I've had people call me like Mr. Mr. Mom and stuff. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I'm just, a, am a parent, right? We share the responsibilities. Like I spent all day yesterday at a car dealership with my three-year-old son. We spent like six hours together there. It's like, and I got like these looks and like saying, like saying I was going to get all this credit and stuff. I was like, my fucking wife would do this without batting an eye too. Like it's right. not, yeah. it's, it's, it's shared We're you know, you're a partnership. It's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of bullshit, unfortunately. Yeah. When it comes I agree. to all of that, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't really know. But speaking of relationships, I have to say the other thing that I found really cool that you've been doing, and I, I can't remember if you did it on your your feed or if it was in your stories, like you getting your husband, like him being able to come to you and be like, Hey, I want to make some changes. And you're like, fuck yeah, let's go to the gym together. Like, I, could you speak a little bit about that? Cause I have some, mm-hmm. some clients who for them, there's like trepidation because they want their partner to join them on this journey and they might prod them to do it or tell them to have a call with me or another coach. And it's like, they're not going to do it if you do that. So for mm-hmm. you, what has been your experience with that? Well, leading by example, because my husband, you know, we've been together, it'll be 10 years in August, and I've been coaching for probably seven or eight of those years. So it just took him till now. Mm. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm, this is my, my world. I'm in the nutrition space. Um, you know, I, I'm a strength coach. I work out. I, I used to, you know, run a lot of races. I've been always active. Um, although he does have an active job, he owns a moving company. So that was always his excuse. I, you know, I, I move all day. It's like, okay, but you're consistently hurting your back. Okay. Mm. So, and then I'm like, if you just started strength training, you probably have less back pain. And, you know, so I stopped nagging. I, I guess I did kind of nag a little bit like, oh, you sh- you know, you should probably eat more veggies or whatever. But, and, and then I just stopped. I was like, you know, the, this is, it's not going to work. Like you can't, it's like telling someone that drinks all the time that you have a problem. They're like, no, I don't. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it took him, like he told me, it took him getting sick and tired of his own shit and feeling like shit. And that's when he decided to, uh, he's like, this is it. Can you help me? And I was like, of course. So it's, uh, he has lost 14 pounds since he started in February. And which is incredible. I mean, um, and it's all coming from his belly. Like, so it's, I'm guessing it's like a lot of visceral fat. Because um, he, like I said, was, is an active person in general, but just, you know, never got into strength training, but he's also changed his diet in a way that he's added more protein. That is the only thing he's changed. He wasn't eating that much protein at all. So I said, let's just focus on the protein. And so that has been his main focus. And he's been able to, because it's keeping him full, he's been able to lose fat that way. And he doesn't have as many sugar cravings as he did before Mm. because he, you know, wasn't having any protein. Ah, I think that's just so so cool right there's there's two things that stand out to me number one and again uh, when i talk about this with clients 
or even on social media, I related often to, you know, someone, someone with an addiction or alcoholism in order for them to make some sort of change that's actually going to happen. They have their come to whoever moment, God, Jesus, whoever you want it to be, where you hit this like rock bottom. And then suddenly it becomes very clear. It's like, oh no, I need to change. Versus you could have everyone in the world around you telling you, well, you have to change. Well, you're doing this. And just like you said, it's like, I don't have a problem. This is under control. I think there's that same level with anyone who wants to lose weight or get stronger or whatever it is. You have to have some sort of rock bottom moment. Uh, I like I like to call it a poop on the floor moment because my son <laughs> pooped on the floor the other day and now he's using the potty. I was so gonna say, didn't isn't he using the potty now? I saw that. Yeah, post, that yeah, story, yeah. So, I think it was. <laughs> so it's like, so it's like, if that's that that's what we all have to have. And it sounds like your husband had that. And yeah. then the second the second thing that's so interesting, um, I I just finished reading Peter Atia's book Outlive, which is very interesting. You know, I thought it was I thought it was cool, but there was this one study that he referenced. And because a lot of people will say, well, it's too late to start strength training. I can't have any changes. And it was, it was uh, a group of folks in their mid to late sixties who started strength training. And in one of the groups, they didn't build any muscle mass. However, their strength improved. But in the other group, they had them have just one whey protein shake per day, like 25 grams of protein, and they improved their muscle mass. So it's like, it doesn't take that much to even see some sort of benefit. But if you actually focus on it, suddenly you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. I don't have that headache in the afternoon. I wonder why. Like, mm -hmm. oh, wow. I don't, it's it's such this layered thing where we try to make it more complicated than it yeah. needs to be. And he's not even tracking calories. I mean, yeah. that's one thing because, you know, he doesn't uh, have the bandwidth for that, which is fine. It's like, okay, well, let's just focus on protein. And that's all he's been doing. And it's been working and that's why we push the protein because gosh, it has so many benefits. I, I, people, you know, you could tell them all the things not to eat and they're like, yeah, yeah, let's not eat that. But if you're like, you know what? You should probably eat more protein. Oh my God, no. Your body can't digest more than 25 grams of protein in real. That's gonna make my kidneys go fucking crazy. Um, you guys. <laughs> You know, uh, do you think we would be telling you, you know, to focus on protein if we thought it was, you know, detrimental to your health? Yeah, I mean, it's literally <laughs> like, hey, guys, I'm gonna let you in on this. If you eat too much protein and your body, your gut's like, yeah, we don't need it. You just pee it out. I was gonna say, just yeah, pee it out. You get right? foamy pee and you pee it out. It's urea. That's all it is. <laughs> but, but I, I do think it's interesting that we try to, and this pretty much relates to this whole conversation. We try to look for reasons almost to not make a change, right? It's that mm -hmm. self-sabotage all or nothing kind of point, right? It's this thought of like, well, I could eat more protein and that could help me, but I saw this so-and-so person say, well, that's going to kill me. I, if I eat this vegetable, I heard that because it's a nightshade, my intestines will fall out. Like there's this whole, you know, there's this yeah. whole, this whole tricky world of red flags via social media. And that's why I really, I, I love supporting you and anyone else like in this same network, because it's just so much honesty that there's yeah. no need for that. For you, what do you think in working with other people are the most common red flags like you see from there, like maybe working with a previous coach or maybe something that made them be like, okay, it's time to come to Beth. Like, what, do you, what do you think for you would those would be? Um, I think um, fearing foods. 
is a big, big one. You know, a lot of people, you know, never had a, or, or haven't had a banana in like five years or potato because keto or, you know, their last coach said fruit made you fat. Like you can only have a certain amount of fruit. I mean, really? <laughs> They're micromanaging their fruit intake. Yeah, I, I put a, in my story, I put in a picture of me like eating a banana and showing my fruit. And I was like, well, pray for me, guys. Like, I'm going to die. This is the most dangerous food you could eat if you're trying to lose weight. You're going to die. And the number of messages I got from people being like, oh, my God, really? You know, I had just yeah. read something about bananas mm -hmm. not being a diet food. Like, is that why? Is it dangerous? I was like, no, unless you're allergic to bananas, what are you? No, mm -hmm. it, it, your problem isn't bananas. Your problem right. isn't fruit. It, and it also on the other end of that spectrum is like, if you're weighing your blueberries and you're like four grams over on blueberries, just eat the blueberries. It's again, it's not, it's not going to make or break you. Yeah, it's like not it's, the just, fruit. <laughs> it's not, it's never the fruit, no. right? It's never, it's never just one thing, honestly. Mm -hmm. It's usually just everything. Yeah. Everything. A, lot of a lot of restriction. And, mm -hmm. and, and having that more of abundance mindset um, is scary. Like eating mm -hmm. more to people is scary, but what they don't understand is that eating more will essentially help you eat less. Mm -hmm. If that, you know, yeah. people are consistently trying to eat the lowest amount of food possible, but then they end up binging because of mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And so it's a consistent cycle that yeah. you, know, you have to try to get out of. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a mind, a mind, uh, a mindset shift too, like you mm -hmm. said, to abundance for you, what is your favorite? Like, what is your go-to like coaching cue or, or, um, nutritional thing that you can have someone do so they could actually try to start gradually eating more? Because mm. if you just tell someone to eat way more and they get so overwhelmed by it, they usually just quit. <laughs> like, they yeah. usually, like I can't. Right. So it's almost like we got to dip our toe in. Right. We, what, so for you, Beth, how do you help someone dip their toe into this? All right, I guess I do need to eat more. How, I think how th do I thinking about what you can add, right, rather mm. than take away. So mm. you, you can add more veggies. And the thing is, you can make your plate bigger and more voluminous with lower calorie, um, nutrient dense foods. So to you, you're going to be like, I'm eating so much, right? But you're actually eating lower calories. And if you were to have, let's say, scrambled egg whites with avocado and salsa and um, maybe some hash browns, and then you put that next to a Pop-Tart, right? The Pop-Tart's going to be probably the same amount of calories as that plate of food. But in your mind, you're like, I'm eating so much. And then, you know, the other one is like, but that's not that. I don't eat that much. So I think mm. that a lot of people have that visual, I, well, I don't really eat that much and I don't understand why I'm gaining fat. Well, because you're eating these things that are higher in calorie that don't have any volume. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a big, that's a big one for you. Do you find when you introduce this, all right, let's add some more volume. Do you find that people come to you and they're like, okay, I can't really finish my plate. Like, I'm not sure. Should I be mm -hmm. eating everything that's on my plate? Right. So it's yeah. like, they're like, I'm really worried. I'm not going to hit my protein goal for the day. Yeah. And like, it's like, look, if you're eating and you're full, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. okay. I don't want you to force feed yourself. Yeah. You know, that's you what we're trying to get to. out of here. Right? right. So it's like, it's, it's interesting because it's almost like, well, if it was not to generalize, but if it was like a thing of Haagen-Dazs and you were full and you were still eating, 
you wouldn't, you might not be as panicked versus if it's a plate of like, it's a meal, there's like this stigma that like, well, I either have to finish everything that's on my plate. It's not a stigma. It's a habit or a mindset. Mm -hmm. I have to finish everything. Or if I leave something, there's something wrong. Like it's like these two things. So how to yeah. back yourself out of that takes some time. Yeah. And also like the clean your plate club. You know, it's okay to leave bites behind. You're not a trash can. And well, they're like, well, what about the starving? My mom used to say, well, the starving kids in Africa. It's like, well, that's uh, how am I going to help them? <laughs> I I once <laughs> I once like did the math on how much it was. Like if you leave like a, an eighth of a piece of chicken, it's like that's like two cents of food. Like yeah. you'd be better off if you like if you're that worried, start a compost pile. That right. will there you go. Like yeah. if you wanted, or don't, or actually donate your money. Like those right. are the, uh, you exactly. can be proactive That's going to help more than um, eating the food on your plate. Yeah. Because yeah. you're trashing yourself. Your, your body does not need it. It's telling you, your body is really good at giving you cues. If you're, you know, eating at a normal schedule and things like that, because, you know, we all know hunger cues can be off, but um, yeah, listening to your body, your body's your telltale, uh, you know, when you're full, when you're hungry, you have to really be more mindful, um, kind of eat slowly and really listen to your body. And it's when it's saying, you know, I'm full, then you push that plate away and you're done. Mm -hmm. For you, when you, when you, I know this might be a complete turnaround on this for you, when you found that you got sober, did you find that your cravings for other things increased? You know what? Weirdly, no. And um, I know a lot of people uh, will crave a lot of sugar. Mm -hmm. uh, I've also never been a sugar person. Mm -hmm. um, I've always been a salty, like chips kind of person. Mm -hmm. um, but I, for some reason, never really got into that. I think because I got into fitness right away when I quit, I got into running. So that was kind of like my instead of going to the Hagen Das, the running, admittedly, it it was a toxic relationship that I had with running. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I mean, I ran so much that I got, I got plantar fasciitis. I had shin splints, you know, the, the whole nine. Um, so that was my, that was my, my thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Well, for me, I'm diabetic, so it really wasn't a choice mm -hmm. to go, to go the Haagen-Dazs route. But mm -hmm. I mean, even in the, the big book that like the first, like, I think it's like the, maybe the introduction or something they talk about the guy who wrote the book is basically like, yeah, what you need to do first thing in the morning is drink like half a pint of orange juice and that'll help you with your X or Y. It's like, it's like in there. And I think it's a lot of the time because those cravings and things are related to whatever emotion you're feeling. So it's like, if I can dull that nagging feel, right? It's this whole, it's this yeah. whole psychological thing. And it's it really is, that you, yeah. That you it, went it's towards you're, like running, right? Right, because so if someone wasn't gonna go towards like physical activity, they're gonna go towards food because it's another area where it's kind of like you know the alcoholism. Um, you're looking for something else. It's it, it, you, until you work on what's going on in here, which is a process. You're going to gravitate towards something else because you you have taken something away that you've been using all the time, and now you're like, okay, what am I gonna fucking do now? And so of course you're gonna gravitate towards stuff that you can just put your mouth or you know go do astronomical amounts of running yeah instead. <laughs> yeah I, I and and like it it comes up that way where it's like i'll have someone who's like used to training like five six days a week like lifting and i'll be like all right we're gonna do like three days a week four days a week They're like, what and it's like <laughs> right. this the, the 
there's a lack of having an understanding of what you can do that will benefit you without having to move weight, without having to run, without having to eat necessarily. Mm -hmm. For you, I, I call those things, you know, they're, they're part of obstacle planning, which is something really big we talk a lot about. This, this level of self-efficacy that comes from, if I can do something involved and get involved with what's happening right now and be present, I'll have an easier time recognizing if it's hunger or if it's like me feeling shitty about something or me being bored, right? Boredom is such a scary thing, but it's like, mm -hmm. that's where some of the most creative things happen. That's why I have my guitar here. That's mm -hmm. why I have a weight there. That's what, right? So for you, Beth, once you were able to kind of ease back on the running, what, what are some things that you do beyond fitness to kind of Kind of just nurture yourself. I know you do a lot of like home cooking when you do your meal. Prep I love stuff. cooking. Yeah. Oh so my goodness! So I do. I create a lot of recipes, but I also like hiking. I've been really mm -hmm. into. I live in Maine, so it's um, you know, easy awesome. to have access to trails. So just being out in nature helps me a lot. Um, so much so actually that you know, with Matt and our Cut the Crap podcast, because Matt loves hiking too, is that because we have a Patreon. We are now able to meet, we're doing meet and greets across the United States and having um, people meet us to hike. So we're actually going to Utah in three weeks and we're going to meet a bunch of people in Moab. So we chose um, a trail that wasn't too, um, you know, intense because we want everybody to be, my son's going to come with me. Um, so we're going to meet and greet there. And so our thing is like, hey, let's just meet everyone across America and just go hiking with people. <laughs> How That's fun is that? So cool, right? You should do it. You should do it like a uh, Kevin Nealon does hiking with Kevin Nealon, like his podcast, and it's like a YouTube channel show. You should do that. You should oh just. God, I have hike. to look into that. I have not you, heard oh, of that. So it's so awesome. funny because he has celebrities come with him, and they're hiking. Uh -huh. <laughs> like he, he has like drones and stuff that he does. It's very, I it's very it. funny. Yeah, nice. you guys should do an episode where you go on a hike and just have like lobs yeah. that you wear or mics that you can wear and just do it that way. I think it would be very funny, but sure. I, I, I love that there, you know, there is this level of, of nature that really helps mm -hmm. ground everyone. I mean, yeah. it's so much that like the research is out there that even putting a picture of a tree on your desktop, if you're having one of those cravings that are completely normal and you stare at that for a bit, suddenly you're, you're back in your seat and you're aware and Mm -hmm. It's just really powerful stuff to to be able to notice that. Mm -hmm. I I love I love trails and uh, trail running, and that was yeah. really big for me when when I was getting um, sober, like just being mm -hmm. outside. I didn't realize that's what it was, but I was right. There's just you feel so small, like you feel you're like oh wow, mm -hmm. there's way more in this world than just me. And you can't be in a bad mood when you're out oh. in nature. I don't think anybody can be pissed off in the woods. Um, with nature. I don't know. I've never been angry in the woods. If I am angry, then I go to the woods and I become happy. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, I've never heard of anyone being in a bad spot and going for a walk or a hike or a bike ride, like literally anything that gets your body moving. Mm -hmm. I've never seen someone come back and be like, well, that was fucking horrible. <laughs> I've never, you know, right. I've never, I've never had anyone. And I think there's no, length of time you have to do either. So it's like, right. If you go for a five minute walk, I bet you you'll still feel better. Even if you were planning on doing like a 60 minute walk, like there's mm -hmm. this, there's this thing with walking and moving your body. It's just your thoughts have an easier time moving mm -hmm. versus staying like stuck and stagnant and yeah. playing over and over. Yeah. And also like changing your environment that you're in. If you're feeling like you're like, 
you know, stirring and edgy and, you know, you just don't know what to do. Just get, get out of wherever you are and do something else. It's always like change where you are, you know, even if you're like craving food and you're in the kitchen, get the fuck out of the kitchen, <laughs> you know, things like that. And yeah. a lot of what helps me too is helping others. Um, and I think that's why I love my job so much because I, I feel like helping others really helps me stay sober mm. in a, a weird way. Yeah. No, no, no. That's, that's a huge part of it, mm -hmm. you know, as community. And, and so a lot of the work that I do with folks, what we really dig into eventually is values, like, and making decisions based off values. And the way we kind of look at it is like, you're going to have like three and they bounce around and they play off each other. The first one's going to be like a really outgoing one. It could be, you could value being adventurous. You could value being, going and doing the most difficult trek or trail. Like that could be a big thing for you and whatever it looks like. The other one could be more, more inner, uh, like an inner piece. So it could be, I use the word tranquility. Like mm -hmm. you could be looking for tranquility, mindfulness, whatever that value is. But the third one should be, and I hate using shoulds, but should be more community-based. Um, it could be, it could be religion. It could be family. It could be, mm -hmm. uh, volunteering. Like it could be any of those things. And the reason mm -hmm. why is they bounce off each other, right? So if I'm, if I value a community based aspect of things, then it's suddenly like, well, I have to put my own shit down for a second yeah. and be here for these other people. And when you do that, you meet other people who you hear their stories too. Mm -hmm. I find this in coaching. A lot of people, I hear their stories and I'm like, oh, I see flavors of my own yeah. within them. It doesn't matter if I'm coaching Betty Sue, who's like 70, or if I'm coaching Greg, who's like 22. It's like, I hear so much within every chunk and it's just like, oh wow, okay, I can actually be on the outside right now. Mm -hmm. What what would I have needed to hear? And then how how can we shape that in a way that it's meeting the person exactly where they're at? Like mm -hmm. you don't want to give it all away. You know, yeah. you want it, you want it to meet them where it's at. So I find that really fascinating. And I, I really, I appreciate you saying that, Beth. I think that's, yeah. that's and really you know, you, you can't be in a bad mood helping someone. Mm -mm. No, more, more people should help others. I feel like, you know, uh, someone's always looking for something out of helping someone like wanting something back, you mm -hmm. know, in return, mm -hmm. um, when really, um, you're getting all you, you should be getting all you need just by helping that person. Yeah, for you, for you, Beth, like, because now, you know, your coaching company has grown, you and Matt have this awesome podcast that does really well. For you, are there like, altruistic endeavors that you have for yourself, where you're like, I want to do something in a way where I can give back? You know, I think, I don't know if it's like volunteering your time. I don't know if it's, is there something that like, kind of pops up for you? You're like, I think I would like to do this. Actually, um, well, since I was a runner. Um, there's a trail race that's happening. Um, it's like two of my friends just started taking over this race there. Uh, it's a local and it's like the new, like ultra there's like, like a 50 miler, 30 miler and things like that. But I think, um, I'm going to donate, um, money to that and then kind of, you know, support that. And then there's some local recovery. I kind of want to get into, um, helping people get more into, um, physical activity that are, are in recovery because a lot of people are lacking that as we know. Um, so kind of like doing that in my community. Mm, I love that. You have such a wonderful platform to be able to, to do that too. So I think it's really cool that you're like, yeah, I, you're right. Yes, this is yeah. what I want to do. I think that's, I think that's amazing.
And then um, in August, every August, um, since I became sober, I do a 5K a day um, for recovery. So I kind of want to get that big. And I don't even know where I see that, but every every year my platforms get bigger and I'm able to spread that um, word more. Let's like run or walk or bike or whatever you can do um, 3.1 miles a day for the entire month of August. Um, so more and more people are doing that when I, when I do that. So I want to see where that kind of goes, mm -hmm. you know, and maybe start, um, donating money or doing it in a way where I can give, give money to, um, you know, a recovery house or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely see that being something that can work. I don't, you know, it's pretty cool that we're exist in a time where something like that it doesn't sound far-fetched to be like, yeah, right. I want it to grow. No, I think, I think you're at a point where if you do it, it will happen. Like yeah. that's the, the good things happen to good people. Like that's just the way the world I think very so. fortunately works, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I really support that. So look if, in August, if there's anything I could do to help you with that or promote that, I awesome. would be more than happy to, uh, cool. Yeah. I, I, I don't I know what it's going to look like. Do you, you, I'm like one of those people. I don't know. I have this vision, right? It's not clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I know that I want it to go somewhere, right? Yeah. It's, it's kind of like that kind of thing. It's like, okay, at some point I want this to go somewhere. I don't know what it's going to look like, but at some point, you know, maybe could, this can get bigger and I can help more people doing this. Yeah. I think, um, I think the, sometimes those are the best ideas. Mm -hmm. uh, messy action. It's really yeah. what, what yeah, everything has been about up to yeah. this point. Yeah, I, I I think you could throw the spaghetti at the wall and it will it will stick. <laughs> I love that analogy. But yeah, so is there anything else that's coming up on your on your radar that you want to talk a little bit about? If folks are interested in like working with you or they want to know more about your show with Matt or how they can get to one of those meetups if they want to do that, like yeah, um, actually I'm having a a challenge happening in my free Facebook group right now. It hasn't started yet. It's actually within the next week or so I'm going to be announcing the details, but it, it's a uh, summer shred, I call it, but don't let the name fool you because you know, if anyone follows me, I'm not about losing as much fat as you can as quick as you can. It's a 28 day summer shreds challenge, but the key is I'm going to be giving away a thousand dollars to the winner. And the winner is going to be based off who is going to, who is the most consistent. We're, 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 it's going to be about consistency because we all know if you're consistent, you are going to see change. Mm -hmm. So um, that is in the work. So if you are listening, um, if you want to get in on that, it is going to be based off in my Facebook group, which is called the No BS Nutrition Made Simple Facebook group. Um, and so request to join that and you never know. Uh, I love it. If you uh, just send me the link for that and I'll be sure this yeah. is going to come out next week. So folks okay. will be able to folks will be able to click the link in the show notes and, and join yep. in. Uh, if, if folks want to, uh, work with you, is there, is there, are you guys still taking on clients or yeah. You, yeah. com. You have to book a phone call, fill out the application and book a phone call and then go from there. And then I have group coaching as well. That's always open. That's in, in Facebook. And you can, um, if you're interested in that, you can find all the details about that on my website as well. Oh, that's awesome. And then, and yeah, cut the so. crap, cut the crap meetup will be in Moab, Utah, June 24th, June 24th. Um, the trail details and all that. If you are following me, you will find that out. I don't have like the exact um, time or things like that. So those are going to be happening soon. 
um, probably when this podcast is out, okay. you'll be able to find more about that and from my website. All right, right on. Yeah. I love it. Also, yeah. guys, Beth has a great like weight loss calculator. So if you go to her website, you can download that and get on her cool email list and she'll yeah. send you all this information there too. So <laughs> really- Yeah, I, I do have I new, my newsletter. Every Friday comes out. We have all kinds of fun stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, look, Beth, it's been it's been awesome chatting with you. And Me I think too. I asked I think I asked I ask everyone this question, but I'll ask you again because maybe your answer has changed since the last time we spoke. Mm. Um, if you could hop in a time machine and you could go back to when you know what? We'll go back to to we'll change it when you when you decided to get sober. Um and you could tell yourself anything, not to change anything, but just to bring a level of awareness to yourself there. Uh what do you think that would be? It's going to be okay. Mm. Right? Because I, I, when I first quit drinking, you're everything's so unknown. I mean, I was, I was like in despair, you know, <laughs> at, at the lowest of the low, right? And you're yeah. like, I'm never going to feel better. I don't know. You know, you just don't know what life is going to throw at you because you've, you're a mess. And uh, if I could tell myself, like, you just, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And I'm okay. Eight years later. Mm. Mm. I love it. I love it. What is your what is your uh, sobriety anniversary date? August twenty uh, first, two thousand fifteen, okay. was the um, exact date. Right on. I I love it. I love it. Well, Beth, look, I really appreciate you being here. And folks, if you're checking out the podcast for the first time because you're a huge fan of Beth, I appreciate you being here. You could scroll through to to hear some of the other episodes, and I'll link to the last episode where Beth was a guest. She's always fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Always fun. Yeah. Yeah. And without further ado, I hope you have a great day and go do amazing things because you can.